Hello, everyone, and welcome to the EG Property Podcast. And this is the first of two podcasts looking at the the power of difference uh, and the power of difference from a talent point of view. So on this first podcast, we're going to be talking about how attitudes have changed to, to difference. We'll be looking at how working environments are changing to reflect the needs of a more diverse workforce, we hope. Uh, and we'll look at whether the industry has indeed moved from tolerating difference to embracing it. And to help me uh, work through those questions, I have three guests joining to me today. And I'm going to ask each of them to introduce themselves, just so you can get used to their to their voices. And, and tell me, I suppose in their intro, um, what they see as the true value of difference in a business. We know all the figures out there that it's good for the for the bottom line, but what does it really mean to business? And Noel, I'm going to throw to you first. Noel McGonagall, I'm the HR Director at Savills. And I think for me, um, the difference is really about the energy in the organisation that having a more diverse w- workforce brings. And that energy... I think has a number of benefits. It benefits us in terms of attracting talent to the organisation because when people come to look at us on work experience or through the various programmes like Property Needs You, then they feel that energy and, and you know that attracts them to the organisation. I think similarly for our clients, it means that not only do we have a broader range of thinking to provide better services, but they like the energy that that diversity brings too. Um, so I think it's a win on a number of, of, of sort of different planes for me. Fantastic. Thank you, Noel. Sue, over to you. Um, hello, everyone. I'm Sue Brown. I'm the Managing Director of Real Estate Balance. Um, I've been working in the property industry for about 40 years. I've always been committed, certainly, um, to the promotion and cause of women in business and indeed um, co-founded with Sam Rewire some six years ago now, recognition and empowerment of women in real estate at that stage. Um, I mean, to be honest, um, I mean, I come at this from a moral point of view. I think there is a moral imperative not to exclude people from anything really, uh, but this is specifically about the real estate industry. So not to exclude people on the basis of gender, or race or social background and that's what we're now pursuing at real estate balance to make sure we don't exclude anybody i mean you quite rightly say sam lots and lots and lots of figures around which just show that diverse business the more successful businesses but as i say i'm sort of long-term 1970s feminist really that spells women w-i-m-i-n um and i just believe that as i say it's a moral imperative you just cannot exclude people uh, based on you know their background or where they come from and i think the real estate industry clearly benefits from being able to pull from you know be able to draw from a much bigger pool of people fantastic moral imperative and real estate not often words put together but they definitely should should be Thank you, Sue. Uh, last but by no means least, yeah. Uh, hi, everyone. I'm Pierre Tinagay. I'm in the development team at Oxford Properties. Uh, I guess like on on our side and and also from my point of view, the, the very the very important thing for us is that we're we're building real estate for communities. And how could we build real estate for such a diverse type of communities? like the ones we meet in every single project we develop if we don't have a diverse workforce. 
So that's kind of our first like challenge is being able to understand who we're going to impact and also kind of ensuring with a diverse way of hiring, but also creating like a community inside the firm to be sure that we have as many diverse profiles who can afterward be aspirational and inspirational for like future candidates and also just the employees of the firm, they can feel recognized and recognize themselves in, in different type of people. Fantastic. Thank you very, very much. So all really good um, examples of, of what difference, what diversity does um, for, for businesses. But let's talk a little bit about where we've where we've come from, I suppose, and um, to get to this point. And, and do you think that real estate now does look different to even five years ago? And do you think that we are really starting to to embrace difference? to embrace diversity. Sue? I think, yes, I think real estate looks very different. As I say, I've been around the industry a very long time. Um, I obviously, you know, um, at Real Estate Balance, um, we now have, um, which is all going to be announced this week, um, we've now got 100 members at Real Estate Balance, which is absolutely brilliant. Um, and I think, uh, I, mean, I mean, you know, we, we're bringing new people in all the time. And when I do what we call lunch and learn. So when we bring a new member in, indeed with some of our existing members, I do sessions with them. Uh, people sometimes say, oh, but you know, there's not been any change. I've been around the industry 40 years. I mean, there's been huge change. For 20 of those 40 years, I was the only woman in the room um, and that has changed dramatically. And equally, um, I mean, when I was, as you know, Sam, I've run all sorts of women's networks. Um, and I think when I was in my last big corporate job, I was very, very concerned in the organisation that I worked in as I looked around it, let alone the issues around women. Um, as I looked around that firm, very, very, and it was a, it was a, a firm not only just in real estate, but looked around it, very, very few black and brown people. And that's, I think, I think that's the area where we're still probably behind. I mean, we're much better now at, at having more senior women than we were. Um, so I think we've had huge change, thank God, quite honestly, for the better. I mean, obviously, over my time in the industry, but I think, um, you know, as I say, and I just said, 20 years, the only woman in the room. Um, so, I mean, the last 20 years, I think, have been better. I think the last five years in particular have been very much better. And I think, you know, Noel and Pierre represent organisations that have done very well on that basis. Um, Richard Reese at, um, at uh, Savills has done brilliantly. Um, uh, Joanne McNamara at, um, at Oxford has done brilliantly, just in terms of changing people's attitudes to other people in the industry. So. We're less than perfect. I mean, and one of the big issues that I have within real estate balance, and I can sort of fall out with people on this, people that have come from outside the industry that suggest that we're really desperately bad. And then they've come from the tech industry, which I mean, I know at a personal level can be, you know, as bad, if not worse than we are. So, you know, getting better. I mean, uh, we were just talking prior to starting this, you know, it's still slow, but it's much better than it was, I suppose, is the message. Thank you, Sue. Pierre, you talked about how um, 
for Oxford, it's really important for people internally to see that you are um, di diverse because that helps with talent acquisition and, and externally so that you can create great, great places. Are you, do you see a notable difference in, in the approach that you take to development, even to perhaps in investment deals because you have difference across the business? Yeah, I think it's um, it's actually something that we're we're um, we're pushing on at the moment, but it's several years now that we're trying. And I think initially years ago, it feels like in many firms it was very difficult for communities to recognize each other and discuss. And more and more, there are like ERG groups that are built up. And before there was, it was kind of difficult to find a connection between top-down and bottom-up initiatives for IND. And now we can see, for example, and it's a great example, Joe um, jo, um, McNamara, he, she's been involved in Pathways to Properties for long, and now the, the old firm just embraced this, uh, these initiatives. And very recently, there was a great grassroots initiative to create an IND committee at Oxford, which came from the employees, but very quickly, uh, Joe and Chad just coked this opportunity to say, we're with you, we're going to support you, and we're, we, we let you guide where it should go, but we're here if you need us. And I think that this mix of like bottom-up and top-down initiatives really helped. And coming back to your question of how we invest and how we our investments and developments are influenced by all those questions, um, we're, we're actually trying now to... Um, trying, we are actually uh, renovating our ESG strategy and the S of the ESG, the social part, has been identified as a part that is often lacking uh, attention. And we're trying to discuss with like amazing um, firms which are doing work around how to measure social value. And measuring social value can start really from who we, we work with in our developments, what kind of firm, and what is their approach in measuring their impact. And it can be about hiring uh, the workforce. It can be about designing the building or even just sourcing the materials that we use with local uh, businesses. So it's, it's really thinking about at every single step of the real estate cycle, what can we do? And the great part with development is that we're, we're really working on the ground and close to the people. And that's where the social value and the IND uh, initiatives can be can be implemented really directly. Fantastic. Thank you. That's a really interesting point, isn't it, Noel, about how um, difference can help um, companies deliver on other other major goals that we have in, in real estate, ESG being one of those, and particularly that that S of ES, ESG. Is that is that something that you think about when you think about the makeup of, of Savills? Yeah, very much so. I think um, I, I think that, as Sue said, that you know the last five years have really been the sort of where you've seen the effort and the transformation happening. And I think you know companies were talking about sort of inclusion, difference, and now ESG, uh, you know, in the past, but not really seriously. And I think some of our and I think some of our initiatives now that we've started and have been running for a few years of, of really helping with that, the sort of social part. So engaging with community groups. So we're sponsoring a number of uh, vertical farms in schools. So kids get to learn about where food comes from. They also, you know, we could get to talk to them about Savills, not Savills necessarily, but the property industry and the fact that, you know, we do farming, we do buildings, we do management. So you give them the sort of the idea of 
the excitement about the career in property um, and in those schools we also provide work experience and things like that and mentorship and so on so just reaching out into the community and we we identify state schools in difficult areas um, of of the cities that we work in so you know again just trying to get out into those more diverse communities that traditionally haven't um, been in sort of aware of property as a career and and similarly I think the apprenticeship difference has helped enormously as well so uh, as as many of our listeners well know certainly to become a surveyor it was a very much a degree only route now that's opened up with the apprenticeship but I think certainly in Savills now we've got nearly a hundred apprentices across a number of different business lines and that's one of our benefits I guess we have a number of diverse sort of offerings and that allows us to bring in many more people through the apprenticeship route which has been really positive in terms of not only the communities that we work with but you know offering real career opportunity to individuals and also to our current employees who may have joined without qualifications now we can use the apprenticeship levy to help develop those people and upskill them so I think it's a really positive way that the sort of social part of of ESG has sort of driving a different agenda but I agree with Pierre Tiens it's the measurement of that is really the the next challenge a bit like environmental you know how are we going to prove that we're really going to be carbon neutral etc I think that's the measurement and demonstrating that measurement is is the next piece. Yeah, and that's a whole other podcast. I mean, I think one of the issues, isn't it? I mean, and, and Noel was sort of hit upon this, is clearly, uh, and I think, Sam, you and I have had this discussion any number of times, we still as an industry are very unknown, you know, often outside the people that work in it. Um, and I think, you know, my, I mean, my son has, has gone into the industry because both his mum and dad are in the industry. Um and I took it, you know, took him to whip him so to see whether he wanted to come to, to in, into property. And guess what? He said yes. Um, but um, I mean, I just think it's still the case that I think a lot of um, kids, you know, their parents want them to become um, doctors or lawyers or accountants. And I think we've still got a major issue in, in, you know, as an industry in people just not understanding enough about what we do. And I mean, I feel very proud because I obviously started my career in London Docklands, you know, which whatever some people will be rude about Docklands. But, you know, we affected huge change there. And I've affected, you know, I've been involved in projects which have affected huge change elsewhere. I mean, notably at Spitalfields, which took a very, you know, eight years of my life or sort of 50 percent of eight years of my life. And I think, you know, you can affect and the one thing about property is you can affect social change. And that's I mean, I think as an industry, that's a message that I'm really keen that we get out. And I think we've all got an obligation, quite honestly, to just try and ensure that people understand a lot more about what is involved in property. I mean, I've got a, a young girl that joined me earlier on this year. Um, she's got a Nigerian background and, and, you know, sort of six, seven months in, she did say to me, she had the same view of property as everyone's got. It's about high, high street estate agents and it's about so much more. It's clearly about surveying, but it's about planning. I mean, you know, it's, it's about architecture. It's about, you know, social change. And I think that's a real issue we've got as an industry of just trying to make sure that people understand that you can affect such change through so, real estate. So, so 
So how do we how do we do that then? Because I know that everyone on this call have, have been with their businesses, have been into schools to try and talk to people about about real estate as a career. And and yes, as, as we've talked about, we have seen some change over the last five years, but we're still not seeing seeing enough. So what is it that we need to do to really show one show people that real estate is diff- different and there's a lot lot of things that you can do in it but also that is it is a place that that welcomes a- absolutely everyone and wants and needs different thought processes different backgrounds what is it that we need to do what are the practical solutions I guess I, I the, the way I would always look through it is uh, internally externally I think that externally it's about starting early enough to get in touch with people because we know that the the career starts so early and we're not even conscious of it when it starts i mean i went into the industry just because i was passionate by urban things my parents were not in the industry but people come with different motivations but sometimes it starts so early that it's about targeting schools that have like the right diversity and talking with young people and showing them the pathways like up to university and after apprenticeship or apprenticeship and no university in function of what they prefer. And again, Pathways to Property makes an amazing job. And the summer school this summer was great to to deliver those ideas to them. Uh, I think that internally it's about challenging people with workshops. Like, I mean, I joined a workshop that was organized, uh, two workshops. One was around just the, 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 the role of hair in the black community and understanding why hair is such a specific yeah. thing for them. And yeah. as an ally of the ethnic background people, I, it was just amazing to join that, completely blew my mind. And also like um, uh, a workshop with PFLAG uh, around uh, parenting uh, an LGBTQIA uh, children. And it's, it was also mind blowing just hearing the experiences of different people and and their training also around unconscious bias when you recruit people and all those trainings just step by step push people to question themselves and opening discussions afterwards through circles or like clutch groups discussions is is just is is very important to to develop this consciousness in the firm thank you no would you agree would you agree with that yeah, I think there's obviously that sort of awareness raising internally, which, you know, and I guess then people talk to their friends, talk to their families, and it sort of ripples out the, the difference. But I think as an industry, we've got to be better at getting out there and getting that message about all of the opportunity. And and maybe in the past, we've been a bit too scattered. You've got You've got lots of different groups in property trying to promote the the industry you know from the RICS down to the individual firms and maybe we've all been a bit too divided and we need to be a bit more together to really have a powerful message across all of the and, and I agree it's it's sort of getting into the schools early but I think you know you've got too maybe there's just too many different people going into schools with too many different messages and maybe we need as an industry to have a consistent message and a more structured approach um to to influencing you know parents communities and the children themselves to make them aware of what we do um but yeah it's definitely it sort of starts internally and then it moves externally i think very much so 
Sue, are you wanting to pick up that challenge of being a being a voice with a single single message? I know you're not shy of being a voice. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought you were my friend, Sam. Thanks very much. Uh, no, I mean certainly. Um, I mean, I think so. I think you you know we've spoken about pathways to property. I mean, I'm doing quite a lot of work with pathways to property, and I think they're doing amazing jobs. And I mean, I think you know, now doing a lot of work with the Wordful Company of Surveyors. Um, pathways to property is now more is doing you know is doing I think Worshipful Company Surveyors have just given them a substantial amount of money to be doing uh, training with a number of universities who provide um, uh, you know provide an education training in the real estate industry other than Reading and I mean more power to their elbow more more power to, to, to doing those things yeah I mean I this is certainly one of the things we're doing at Real Estate Balance um, and I you know again a very personal level feel very strongly about this of not replicating of not duplicating and trying to make sure that all of us who are working in for you know on, on, in the course of dni and the real estate industry are talking to each other so yeah i mean i you know like to think doing that as part of the day job um but you know we're still a long way from achieving that and it's it's another issue for us it's another issue I think in terms of just looking at all the organisations um, and as I say, making sure we're not tripping over each other. I think that's something very important. And, you know, you're doing a good job at, at EG, Sam. You know, you, you're promoting all sorts of things now. And that's great because you're the main trade magazine. So that needs to be done. So, you know, and, and it's slow. I mean, the, you know, it, it, that is the one thing. It is slow. Um, I mean, I, I said about lunch and learns that I do. And certainly there was one lad I had who was um, an Indian lad who'd been at JLL. And I was doing a lunch and learn with the firm who he now works for, which is in the public sector, where I have to say they're often quite a long way forward from us. And he was saying, but there's no change. And I said, well, if you've been around this industry as long as I have, believe me, there's been a lot of change. But, yeah, we've just got to keep doing it. And as Noel said, it's awareness raising a lot of the time. So so to round us up, um, where, where do we need to go or what, where do we want to be if we're if we're. We looked back five years, looking forward five years. What do you see as as real estate looking like? How different are we going to look, Pierre? Um, I, I guess it's uh, to be transparent, being like maybe a bit young to realize how the the industry already changed. But I have the feeling that it changed already quite a lot, which is inspiring. I just I guess that like the the change that could happen is really about the good. The, it's a great example um, that you Noel know, give around apprenticeship and just diversifying the, the the schools people come from, the past they followed, and hopefully in the next ten years the the type of people who will have joined the firms who make the real estate industry will come from a lot more different backgrounds than they do now. It can be from how they've been trained, but also like geographically, also like from a social point of view. Uh, and I think it's it, that's probably the the biggest change that I I, I mean I would hope for uh, for for the future of the industry. Yeah. Fantastic. Thank you very much, Noel. Your crystal ball gazing. Where are we going to be in five years' time? Well, I would hope we're not having this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> And, and uh, you know, we, we will we will have stopped having to have 
specific groups to to look at the different challenges that we face um you know the the, the ethnicity lgbtq etc gender will not be an issue and and we'll have got you know a long way forward in terms of being fully inclusive as organizations thank you sue would you be happy to be out of a job um in five years time um, and Sam, I'm simply on the basis of age, I would expect to be out of a job on this <laughs> because if I'm still going in five years, it's a very sad industry. I mean, you know, <laughs> as an old woman. So, um, but yeah, I mean, more clearly, more senior women at an executive level. I think that's really important. More black and brown faces and more people um, that speak like me, I suppose, you know, that, that you know, that people don't actually feel they've got to have a plum in their mouth when they come into the industry so fantastic and and an industry that hopefully people see is different as well that there are so many things it's not just about surveying it's an industry where you can do all sorts of amazing things and, and I think you made a very good point Sue about you can affect change and nothing is more powerful and more inspiring than that is in being able to affect change and let's hope that in five years time I don't have to invite you all back and we have to um, say, what are we going to do? What are we going to do next? But for now, thank you so much for joining us on this first of two uh, special podcasts looking at the power of difference.